0: Welcome to another episode of the Nina Kausa Show. Back with another episode. This time we will be reviewing Liverpool's somewhat nervy win over Crystal Palace away. 2-0 to the Reds. We're very happy indeed. And joining me, I have some amazing callers, but I also have some incredible guests. So without further ado, let's get straight into things. Let me introduce my first guest. Up oh, first, we have Andy Wales, host of the Reds Review podcast. And Many others, like he's like one of the busiest people on Anfield Index right now. Andy, welcome back.
1: Good happened. And it's, it's only fair as well that I should say I'm now the co-host of the Res Review. It's me and Guy now, full time. No, he's
0: irrelevant. Sorry, he's refused <laughs> I refuse to give him that assist. It's still yours.
1: Oh, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> Me. Oh, I, I can't be like that, Guy. Is my co-host for the the audio, the monthly audio magazine of all things Liverpool. So uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll we'll touch on this one when we we get to September's edition in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. Now, Guy's cool with me. I'm good with Guy. And joining joining Andy. I mean, this has been an incredible season for the Nina Calder Show, so I'll talk about new transfers. I have a fresh voice for you. You've heard him on on the Box Podcast. You probably follow him on Twitter as well. It's Mike Williams, a freelance entertainment writer, but he's also a Red, so that is absolutely cool. He is making his debut today, so really excited about this. Mike, welcome to my show.
2: Hello, thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to finally get on.
0: I know, I know, I know you've been begging and, you know, (laughs) uh, know, I've just been like, no, can't have him, whatever. No, guys, um, it's great to have you on. But like I said, we have some callers and they're calling from far and wide places and we are on different time zones. And we shouldn't keep them waiting because it is like 10 o'clock here and I need to sleep as well. So, you know what, let's bring our first caller in. It is Alex Mansfield. You can follow him on Twitter at l underscore mansfield ai pro subscriber from the states welcome to the show alex
3: thanks nina appreciate it how are you doing
0: i am you know what mondays i i'm not a big fan of monday night football but i'm i'm here for it today i'm quite happy very happy well,
3: well worth the wait huh
0: absolutely absolutely it feels like a decade since i've seen liverpool play but i know you have a really awesome question for my panel so fire away
3: well, yeah, um, you you said nervy, and that, that, that hits it on the head here. I just want to know what you, what you guys think about how a, an ugly win like that at this point in the season, what it does as far as reinforcing Liverpool's credentials as a as a potential title contender.
0: It's an absolutely brilliant question. And, Mike, I'm going to come to you first on this one, because I, I thought when it was around about, say, like 90 minutes, I thought same old Liverpool could happen here. We could concede a really stupid goal, a brain fart mm-hmm. moment. You know, same old, same old Liverpool, but not the case today. And I think uh, a truly title-winning side has to know how to win in all different scenarios. And I thought this was quite a mature performance in that aspect. It might not have been aesthetically pleasing, but mature.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously in the second game here, uh, dropping points wouldn't have been the, the end of the world, but obviously you want to keep you know, upward City and Chelsea, Tottenham, who have got six points already. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought as we're approaching sort of the last quarter of the game, we're 1-0 up and it was, we still, we looked pretty solid, we looked pretty assured and confident, but as we've seen so many times in Liverpool in the past, there's always that chance we could have just had a, you know, conceded a goal and just had that bit of look going against us and it could have completely turned itself on its head, but Fortunately, we, uh, you know, we held strong and we got that, that good, uh, you know, like I say, another, another scrappy, a bit of scrappy goal by Mane at the end. But um, I think going to going to Palace is, is never easy. And I think after the 4 uh, 0 with West Ham last week, I think confidence was very high. And I think people think were thinking we're just going to roll teams over. But obviously, that's not the case. And teams will be prepared for Salah and Mane, Firmino up front, just trying to, you know, trying to, trying to. Drown us out, basically. But, um, I think, I think, it, as I say, it's early in the season still, and obviously we're not going to go unbeaten, but it's, it's nice to get that win at Palace plus another clean sheet. It only just adds the confidence, builds momentum pretty nicely. So it's a, it's a case of, yeah, getting the scrappy wins and just sort of looking towards the next game, I think.
0: I think you've summarised that quite perfectly. Andy, I'm going to come to you and, you know, just that Mike made there, is with... he, you know, pretty much talking about clean sheet. And I think I want to get your thoughts on that kind of performance and, you know, as Jurgen Klopp kind of team as well, in terms of getting that that kind of result and performance. And I think what was even more impressive was, you know, I don't think the the strikers had like the best of games today and to still come away with three points and one of them get in on, on the scoring action as, as well. I mean, I think that kind of speaks volumes, right? Yeah, look, a, a win
1: is a win is a win, uh, and as Mike said, it's it's just at the moment it, it's just important that we keep pace with City and anyone else. That that is that is the key thing. Performance wise, I'm going to be really picky, and, and <laughs> oh, I've, I've go got on. this I've got this thing <laughs> in my mind that maybe it's that you know the that whole you know I've seen so many great sort of throughout the '90s, so many great teams. You know, they talk about winning ugly and, you know, scratching and, and clawing out the game, uh, the, clawing out those wins and seeing, Raf, you know, how Rafa uh, was so good at being able to do that. Uh, uh, for me, in my mind, that, that win in Ugly was was more of that you've got control of it. And and I, I'm going to be picky, but I I didn't feel like we had full control because I think the only reason it was really ugly was because we were the architects of our own downfall or potentially the only, the architects of our own downfall because I thought we were we were pretty poor in the final third of the pitch where mm. whether whoever crossed into that area uh, the fullbacks getting forwards midfielders making the runs into that space the front three everything our touch uh, lay offs it was all there was that that understanding that we had against West Ham seemed to disappear. Um, everything you know, passing, shooting—it just we looked well off it in our attacking play in the final third of the pitch today. I thought so. We we should really have, have had a comfortable win. I think it, as much as Palace just sat deep and they weren't really there for the the type of the type of team that uh, Firmino sort of really sort of thrives on. Um, I, I say it, it feels picky, but. I, it's not it's still not kind of what i feel as as what i would associate winning ugly with you know that them, them teams and i know that someone like yourself as a fan of, of those italian teams you know like through the 90s who were mm-hmm. so in control who would just get a goal and you you didn't feel that they they could be threatened at all they were on top of it and and you i mean you mentioned it you know late on you you did feel that we might concede even though we were playing against 10 men did you feel nervous that we might concede late on in that game mhm yeah especially felt...
0: when they had that um, i think they had a few set, um, a few corners round about like the 90 minutes i know like in the end it turns out that we kind of break on the counter and score but that was some pretty nervy moments for me right there yeah um...
1: I, it was i think it was the 91st minute mm-hmm. i wanted to reach into the television screen and throttle adam lalana Mm. Uh, and and slap him robustly around the face for for giving away the foul cuz that's something you know you say to the kids no fouls don't give away the fouls you know in dangerous areas and that was you know stupid thing to do is give away the fouls dangerous situation uh, and that was it is I didn't feel we were like fully in control but our center backs were were really really good so it was it, it was one of the it was it was gritty it was it was certainly ugly it, and it but i think it was more about that we weren't quite on it in a game that we should really have won more comfortably rather than we were just in control and and and, and sat really you know comfortably yeah we'll win this 1-0 no problem lads cuz these guys ain't going to trouble us
0: well a flip side to that then like, I think you, you both touched on it it was a game for the defense like you I'm I'm not being funny normally when the attack doesn't show up the defense doesn't show up for Liverpool as well and this time round okay yeah the attack wasn't also great I think Andy you're absolutely spot on I thought the final ball the, just the play in the final third of the pitch was somewhat underwhelming, it just was, it felt quite disjointed, but I felt I mean, guys, by all means chip in, I want to get your thoughts on this, I felt like for the first time ever, like the defence and the goalkeeper actually held up to their end of the bargain, which is something that they've never done in the past.
2: Yeah, I agree I think, I feel like the the, yeah, the defence and the goalkeeper were the strongest element of the team today, mm. um, and everyone talks about one at three, but as you said They weren't, they weren't quite, wasn't quite going their way today. And I, and I also feel the midfield, there was a, there was, there was a, there was a couple of sloppy balls, misplaced passes here and there. And it's not really what you usually associate with Liverpool, Mm. especially with Klopp's style of fast, accurate passing and and attacking. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very impressed by, um, by the defence. And now in typical Liverpool fashion, as you've mentioned, there's always that worry that we may just concede a random goal a fluke goal or a, a worldie that someone will not you know smash in from forty yards, but I think I feel like we've turned a bit of a corner in terms of our defensive setup now this season obviously with with Van Dyke having come in you know halfway through halfway through last season and sort of instantly stamping his authority on the defense and with a new keeper who looks. While he wasn't really challenged and hasn't been the last two games, he looks assured and confident in his own ability.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, I, I thought Alisson goalkeeper, uh, my, my word, so calm, so assured, mm. every situation. Uh, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm a bit picky, but also maybe I'm just a bit scarred. You know what it is?
0: You've watched, you know what you've done? You've watched that Pep Guardiola documentary and now you've become a perfectionist. That's what's happened here, Randy. Um, I'm sorry, that is the only explanation
1: because I'm I'm just happy with the three points. I'm I'm, I'm happy with three points. Maybe I'm just, I'm just scarred and... in conditioned to believe that this is Liverpool and, you know, over the last decade, this is what we do. Mm. You know, we do throw throw away points and yeah. give away stupid goals. So maybe over time, if we can keep doing this, uh, maybe I'll feel more comfortable. Bah oh, okay. humbug,
2: it's not even Christmas. Fuck you, I,
0: I know, you know, uh, he's cancelled. <laughs> you know, I never want to work with him again. Only messing. Andy's, Andy's one of my old school like followers. I, I always kind of have his back. I think I'm going to go, go over to Alex now because he started the discussion point there. So I want him to have the final thought on what the lads have said and his personal views as well. Was that a, an ugly win in his opinion? So Alex, I'm going to hand the floor over to you.
3: I think Andy hit it spot on. You know, he's entitled to be entitled to be picky at this juncture and that's, that's kind of why I'm glad it happened second game of the season because it gives us a lot of opportunity to learn. If you get a game like this, down the stretch when you're neck and neck pushing for the title I think that you know I think the implications are far greater um so there's a lot we can learn um there's a lot to still be happy with but the things that I just you know the thing I was most happy with is I didn't have the same feeling in my stomach even as they were pushing at the end um it didn't feel like Watford last year on opening day it didn't feel like Sevilla away in the Champions League where there was that sense of inevitability i mean i was i still had i still have my stomach in my throat but there was far more belief from me, and I'm sure that's, you know, I, I'm sure it's no, it's no coincidence that a lot of that stems from, you know, the likes of Van Dyke and the likes of Allison, but it's just that to me from a fan perspective felt like we've really turned a corner. Um, and the other thing I loved, you know, probably crossed a little bit more than, than I would have liked to have seen, but in the past, the first half like that, um, you know, quickly devolved into us. Taking pot shots from range, and a lot of that was having continue in the ranks. Um, but we were willing to stick to stick to our game plan and stick to our guns, and and that's that's the kind of patience that I feel like has eluded us in the past. Um, and again, it comes back to the idea of belief. You know, do we believe that the way we've set up is capable of beating these guys, even if we're not on our absolute best form? Um, so yeah, a, lo- a lot of positives for me. I, I also think, in all honesty, it helped not having the Anfield faithful behind necessarily because we've seen in years past how how restless they can get um and you know i think it's had a tendency to kind of wear on the players and and you know have an effect on on their decision making at times um yeah it wasn't it wasn't pretty it was nervy it had a lot to it had as many negatives as it did positives but in the end it's it's three points when we most needed them and i feel like we'll only we'll only improve these kind of games from this point forward
0: No, absolutely. Well, Alex, I I know you have to go. So um, thank you so much for calling.
3: Yeah, thank you guys, as always. And uh, on to the next one. We'll talk to you guys Saturday.
0: Absolutely. You take care. Thank you, Alex. So that was our first caller, Alex Mansfield. We're going to move on to our second caller all the way from Hong Kong. It's James Edward Poon. Welcome to the show, James. First time caller?
4: Yes, I am, Nina. But first time caller. Very excited. I love that game um a lot of people have said well some of you guys have said uh how nervy it was I actually quite enjoyed the fact that it was nervy it it was an opportunity to see how the team would deal with that kind of nervousness um uh some of you have said also said that um it was down to some of our you know some of our own mistakes you know the forward line not playing well Firmino and Mane I didn't think were on it all the time but also the midfield I feel like they left too much space outside the box there you know the the Townsend shot hit the bar and then I think Benteke uh mm. hit like a volley and Trent blocked it. So it wasn't just the forward line for I me. Mean, I think the midfield um you know left too much space. That might be um you know, down to Klopp's team. He requires a lot of uh he requires a lot from his midfield. Mm. And uh, uh and sometimes, you know, you just can't cover all the space. And you know, you know, lads get tired and that. Um but yeah, my question is that um, coming coming under such 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 pressure, um, do you think that that kind of performance um, gives Gomez a, an opportunity to become the first choice centre back? I thought he played very very well. To come under that kind of pressure, um, it wasn't just down to our own mistakes. I thought Palace played really really well. You know, yeah. all things considered, uh, they put us uh, put us under a lot of pressure. They forced us out wide. Um, you know, they broke the midfield lines as well, as I said before. Um, and with performances like that, I don't think Gomez's performance uh, in a vacuum was, uh, you know, particularly outstanding. But, you know, with young players, you judge them by a different scale. And if you put some performances like that, um, you know, for the future, if he can grow on, if he, if he can build on that and grow further, you know, does that mean our right side of centre-back problem can be, you know, finally solved?
0: Excellent question Andy I'm going to come to you first on this one because I thought Gomez had a great game and I think uh, the, the point is absolutely spot on there that I thought Palace kind of really pressed us a fair bit and I think they put us under a lot of pressure but I want to get your thoughts on Joe Gomez's performance and do you think he could be the ideal sort of centre-back pairing with uh, Virgil van Dijk because we'd I mean, I, I've not really been following the Dejan Lovren news. I don't know how long he'll be out, but I know you're not a fan. I think many people aren't that sold on Dejan Lovren. So, I mean, if Joe Gomez keeps his fitness up and he puts in those kind of performances, do you think potentially he could save us a lot of money?
1: I would certainly hope so. Um, mm. I'll be honest; I, had, I, you know, I had a lot of hope for for Joe Gomez and in, mm. in the early days of seeing him. Um, but I'll be honest, last season I was starting to get concerned. Some of them fundamental issues with his game, defensive situations, particularly when the ball was in the air, reading yeah. the flight of the ball, positioning, uh, awareness of what was around him, who was around him. I, I That gave me real concerns as to whether or not he could actually go on and become um, a centre-back or whether he was just one of those guys who would be a really solid full-back uh, with pace uh, and the ability to get forward. But um, it, certainly his first two games have been very, very promising. It, you know, he was excellent against West Ham. He was very good tonight. And I think what, without a shadow of a doubt, what really helps is the guy who's playing alongside. Of course. Because, the you know... This is a guy we paid seventy-five million pounds for him for a reason, and and right now he was worth every single penny and more besides because he has transformed our defence. We do look much more solid, uh, dependable, assured, comfortable. Even Lovren was looking good second half of that uh, of last season for for a lot of the time he was playing alongside him. Van Dijk is an organiser. He's a, he's a leader on the pitch. And it's not about, you know, captain, who's got the captain's arm, but I don't care. It's not so much about that. We need leaders on the pitch in various different positions. Mm-hmm. And in our back line, he is a leader. And and it, like you said, he's an organiser. He's a communicator. And he just, he, he knows what to do. He knows where to be. And he's helping him. And, and it's fantastic for Gomez to have somebody like that alongside him who can help him out and guide him through and, and who better to learn off right now than than Van Dijk, who is arguably certainly top three centre backs in the Premier League. Certainly and all the the people would s there's people who would say he's the best, but I, I certainly say he's, he's in the top three in the league. He looks very, very good, strong, assured, comfortable, and Gomez is the better for playing alongside him. Time will tell. It's very, very early. It's two games into the season. Let's see if he can continue to play like this for the full season and stay fit, because that's another aspect of it with Gomez. Just like Lovren, just like um, Matip, injuries have been a, an issue for him over the past few years as well. And that, that was a big concern for me. Aside from Van Dyke reliability alongside him in that defense can we really expect van dyke to play every minute of every game and if not who is going to be alongside him and it's reliability of performance and staying fit and if gomez can stay fit and he continues to put in these kind of performances who knows maybe he, he can save us some money and Maybe you know he goes on and he can carve out an international career as well, which will only add to his confidence and his self belief. So yeah, maybe maybe we do maybe we do have our right centre back answer on the pitch right now, and 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 his, fingers crossed that we do have because that that would be it, it would be great, and I'm sure Klopp would love it that he's developing and coaching the answer to that problem rather than having to go out and spend a whole heap of money to uh, Mm -hmm. to go and bring it in.
0: Absolutely. And Mike, I'm going to bring you in now because um, I think Andy's made some really good points there. I'd love to get your thoughts. I think one thing that, um, that kind of really sort of stood stood out for me for what Andy said was um, just playing alongside um, somebody like Virgil van Dyck, who is a leader and, you kind of look at the chemistry between Gomez and Van Dijk, and you know, like he's constantly high fying him and kind of like really bringing up his um his confidence. And it seems like he kind of enjoys playing with him. And I don't know how you feel, but the right-sided centre-back situation is a massive concern for me because obviously you've got Matip, who's um n- you know constantly injured, um Dejan Lovren, who still you know he's questionable sometimes a lot of the times you know he does have that brain fart moment in him and you've got a player in Joe Gomez who's young who who's showing that he's he's capable but it's whether or not he can stay fit that is my biggest issue with him not his overall ability per se
2: yeah and I totally agree and I totally agree what and am the point all the points Andy was making as well that um you know Van Dijk is a great he he is He's, he's a great leader and he's a great calming influence on, from what appears, whoever he is next to in that defence. I mean, he seems to take a lot of one under his wing, calm him down, get him more composed. And I feel like he's doing that with, with Gomez. And I feel there's more potential with Gomez because he's younger and I feel he's a he's got more potential to be a, a better centre-back as well. Um, as you're saying, I mean, two games in, you know, they've been... Been, they played all, the all pretty much yeah. They played every every minute of the last two games. They have kept clean sheets. Van Dijk like today was was immense with it with his aerial with aerial clearances and and no one's been making these glaring errors like we've seen from not just Lovren in the past, but from other defenders we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that the the key thing is for Gomez, as as you're saying, to, to keep fit. But also, if he can be keeping clean sheets, or or you know, the very, at the very least, can see in as few goals as possible whilst winning games and making as few mistakes as possible, I can't see why Klopp would bring Lovren back into the fray. Mm. Um, you know, if Gomez has has a, a huge dip in form, or he you know he starts you know you know making you know huge errors or you know that, that are resulting in goals, then Klopp will surely have a look again, but from what we've seen so far, and I'm only judging this on the last two games entirely, nothing pre-season at all, then he looks very, very assured, very solid, Um and just, as I said, he looks relaxed and, and able to handle and soak up the pressure, whereas a lot of times Lauren would lose his head completely, He'd go in challenges, and you know make make a, make make mistakes. And you wouldn't know when when Love Loveham came out to play. You wouldn't know he was going to have a great game or have an absolute nightmare. Now, to be fair to him, for a lot of last season when he was next to Van Dyke and during the seat last season in general, he was he was he was fairly good. You know, he. I think people give him a, a lot of stick because of the the number of high profile mistakes he's made since joining, but as I say that I mean the whole it's almost it's almost it's almost good in a way that he isn't available at the moment because it allows us to test out Gomez see what I mean you have to maybe give him say come back half a dozen games in the future reassess Gomez and you, I think I'll give you a much better idea of if he's settling into that centre back position rather than say, you know, being more accustomed as a full back. Um but yeah I can't I can't see Lovren walking back into this team, especially especially if we're bossing a defence like we have done the last couple of games.
1: Can I yeah. just make
0: one last point? Go on, Andy.
1: Um just one thing that really was encouraging tonight, I thought, with Gomez as well is Palace were looking for a lot sort of aerial, you know, a lot of aerial balls diagonally across. Because last year, you remember, they really kind of targeted uh, Trent and it gave him a bit of a nightmare. Um, but I think Gomez dealt with them aerial balls really well tonight, and and they, they were the type of aerial balls mm. that he was struggling to to read and and deal with last season suddenly he seems to be a lot more sort of astute at, at how to hand you know, where to be and where to position himself and, and you know, catching the flight of the ball. It, it does, for me, it's very encouraging that already he's making improvements in his game.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's one of the perks of having um, a young centre-back, I guess, willing to learn.
2: Yeah, I think there's a nice, there's but there's a very, there's a lot of potential for a nice centre back duo forming there, and obviously from what we've seen so far, it's been extremely positive. The, the, the obviously the tests will come when you face better quality sides. Obviously, you no know, mm-hmm. disrespect to West Ham or Palace, but when you're playing against you know Man City or Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, Man United. If he can continue and, and be at the top of his game and 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 defend how he's been defending, then I think that will, will say a lot of how he's come on over the over the last you know all twelve months or more, basically or since all and, since and then since he's obviously taken this role really recently. Mm. So
0: great point that. And
1: Andy, no, no, I, th- I, I think I've said all I should say. <laughs> okay, we don't we don't uh,
2: get ahead of ourselves. But um, no, no, okay. he's looking. It's it's looking. Uh, we're looking a lot more. Solid at the back. Let's just say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think well, we, actually, right, yeah, don't, we don't want to get too excited and uh, uh, and put the curse on him.
0: Exactly. No, we absolutely did not want to do that. I'm going to go back to James so James, you've heard what the lads have said there about Joe Gomez. I want to get your thoughts on 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 Joe Gomez. And do you think, like like Mike said, do you think it's his position till as long as it can be his, or do you think if Lovren's Fit and ready to go. He walks in. I want to get your thoughts on that.
4: Uh, uh, thanks, Nina. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I do not like Lawren whatsoever. <laughs> um, the, mis- the mistake potential is uh, over nine thousand. Uh, so um, yeah, before Andy uh, chipped in with it with this point, I was just going to say that uh, he dealt with the aerial du- aerial duels very well. Especially like there's something I've never done watching a game before is I actually wrote some notes. Uh, <laughs> and on after hendo came on there was like the sustained pressure about, about 15 20 minutes where they where palace just had the ball the time they were constantly crossing constantly attacking and um that's where i felt gomez did a lot of his work um but also in the first half um you know he on the sixth minute he sprayed a, a really nice diagonal ball to, over to robo on the 19th minute he was uh very cool in possession like when he was surrounded I thought there was some moments where I thought, okay, this guy has the, has the upside to, um, not only surpass Lovren, but, you know, surpass anyone like we could potentially bring in. Cause as, as you've said in many previous pods, I mean, there's, for some reason, there's a dearth in quality center backs these days, especially mm. in the Premier League. It's, it's so fast paced. It's, it's just so different. And like in, in the old days, uh, you know, Nina is a big fan of Serie A. Uh, even those defenders would struggle because the pace of the game is so different and the refereeing standards are different. I mean, that's because, uh, the, it's, 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 it's starting to change, I feel. Uh, you know, all, uh, I think in the past few years, Michael Oliver wouldn't have given that right card. Uh, or whoever was the ref, like for the, uh, for, for Salah, I would have just seen it as a, you know, a shoulder, sh- shoulder to shoulder or whatever. And so, um, but yeah, I think Gomez has agree with all the points made. Uh, Gomez has, I feel, the most upside, a lot more upside than uh, Lovren. And, um, yeah, well, as far as uh, Gomez is concerned, um, they're very hopeful and uh, hope for the best. But also, I want to also want to point out, um, not Gomez, but can I just spare a moment to uh, talk mm-hmm. about Kater's oh-my-God moment from the left-back position where he just mm-hmm. cut you, just crossed back in, uh, sold the defender, and just ran just brought the uh, brought the ball forward about ten, fifteen yards and they just sprayed a long ball over to over to um uh Salah mm. uh who uh
0: who
4: was who could have scored, but he uh I think the keeper did well. He he came he came outside the box and Salah mm-hmm. had to lob and it just went over. But that that was a that was a that was an oh my god moment right there.
0: It really was. And yeah, he's ours. And that's yeah. pretty awesome. And there will be lots of more of that where that came from. I'm absolutely certain. I'm sure Andy can testify to that as well. He's just growing into into this team and each game as it comes. Well, thank you so much for your call, James.
4: No problem, Zina. Happy to uh, be on. First and can time.
0: I just say, for a debut, that was an incredible performance. So. Hopefully you'll be
4: really. Well.
0: Yeah, you did good. You you get a solid nine out of ten. <laughs> nine out of ten.
4: I think I might have scored. I think I might have scored higher than everyone on the team because we didn't exactly play very well, did we? Um, generally speaking.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. You've surpassed the. Loss. I thought
4: the. De- I thought I thought the defense though. They they as a collective, you mm-hmm. you could give them a nine out of ten. Yeah, especially absolutely. Allison. Like there, there was this moment where he just uh, uh, he um used his on his left foot. He uh passed it to uh to, i think to robo and he just uh a breakaway to salah which mm. uh led to a counter attack and um gave it to and then i think salah had a cut back and then uh cater scuffed his shot unfortunately and uh yeah yeah that was that was a great great game great game for to uh not a great game in the traditional sense but a great game to uh you know, test the team because mm. this is a young defense. Both, uh, Gomez, like the right side of the defense. Gomez is what, 21? Uh, Trent's 19. He's not 20 yet, is
0: he? No, I don't think so.
4: No, so teams are going to target them in the future. You just know that. So, uh, more, more tests like these are actually, uh, you know, good for them
0: good for them bad for my flipping skincare regime so absolutely not i do not want to age thank you so much but yeah. james like again thanks again for calling in really appreciate it
4: no worries nina uh hope hopefully i'll be back absolutely again
0: you take care thank you james
4: Bye bye.
5: hi jan how are you um is everything okay yeah, absolutely, Gax. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so?
2: Yes, absolutely. And we've got your weekly show, Moby, on the spot. The popular stat show under pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever.
5: Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that?
2: Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only thirty nine ninety nine for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at com.
5: I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Russia about this offer. <laughs> Thanks.
2: Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan?
0: So that was our first time caller, James. I'm sure we'll be hearing from him. In future Nina Carlser shows, we're going to move on to our final caller. I'm I'm smiling at this one. He was Mr Positive for me last season when shit hit the fan. He'd come on and he'd speak about Liverpool and how positive things are going to be. I've met him in person. His smile could rival Ginny Ginny Wynialdums. It is Kwesi Davis, AI Pro subscriber. Welcome to the show, Kwesi.
5: Thank you so much, Nina. What an introduction. I can always count on you to big me up properly.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm better than Gagsy. I I don't make it turn me AC off. <laughs> uh,
5: good evening to Gags and good evening to Andy and Mike as well.
0: Great having you on, Kressy. Kressy, what, what points would you like to share with the panel? What questions have you got for us?
5: Right. Um, well, the single question, although I have some quick comments after is about the number six position. Uh, I know that there were some concerns in the week about the height of our options at number six. And if we played Genie there, maybe he would be overpowered since we wanted sort of forward and backward help around Benteke when the air ball is coming. And then um, our captain Hendo came on and finished things off. I wanted to know what the panellists thought of the performance tonight at number six.
0: Cool. Andy, I'm going to come to you first because last season when we played Crystal Palace at Sellers Park, I thought Ben Teke um, had a lot of, uh, he could have had a lot of joy against us. He he had a few chances which um, Ben Teke being Ben Teke, he um, failed to do anything with them. I actually thought today would have been the game where maybe Klopp might have played Fabinho and, of course, he didn't even um, travel with the team. I thought it would have been ideal to maybe have played a DM. I want to get your thoughts on Ginny Wanialdum because although they did really well against West Ham at midfield, um, I still think Ginny Wanialdum had a pretty decent game in midfield.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought he was decent. Mm. He, of Of the three, he was probably the, the best performer, even though... Yeah yeah, we did have some some really lovely moments there from Kato. I thought yeah. yeah, I thought I thought Nabi was was a bit off it tonight and, and look, you know, we we're gonna get some sensational stuff from him and there's plenty, plenty time. And hopefully there's plenty time, you know, in terms of, of getting Fabinho into the team and getting him settled and getting him uh so, uh, getting him set at, in that position because like yourself, I, I thought it would have been ideal actually having Fabino sat there, taking up that space, reading the play, ready for them counter-attacks. Uh, the, the kind of style that they hit us with last year and caused us some problems, I thought he would have dealt with that quite nicely. But mm-hmm. without him there, I think Genie is a different one, isn't it? It's not so much a defensively minded, it's more of Genie just seems to know where to where the spaces and what you know and I know that's Hans Daft, but he 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 seems to know where the right spaces are and he gets into them. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's defensively and defensively. I, I think I, I said for you know for months that I feel that Genie will be the perfect foil for Naby once we we get once we get Fabino bedded into the team and playing in that sixth position. Caterpillar uh, Bombing forward, taking the ball, dribbling the the kick, the the uh, the quick one twos. That'll be for me. Would be the ideal uh, scenario for for Van Aldum. You know, being the foil for him, the the guy who bounces the ball off and plays in and drops into that space and allows him to go roaming because he is such an intelligent player. And and I think he's what we're seeing over the over the past year is how he's developing his game from you know, from the play that we saw at Newcastle, who looked a really useful attacking player, uh, you know, scoring some goals. What we're seeing is such a diverse midfielder. You know, he can play virtually any position in there. And, you know, we were concerned at the back end of last season, you know, as we were going on that run late in the Champions League with the injuries that we had in midfield, who was going to play that position? You know, Shan was out injured. There was the injuries, the the issues with uh, Henderson as well and Jeannie just dropped in there and i think it was leroy what about you said you know he had actually played there in holland uh, and was quite accomplished so you know he he's he just shows that there there isn't anything he can't do really and yeah it it wasn't it wasn't like a, a sublime performance tonight far from it but he just looks quite comfortable and they, they were I've got to say, I, I didn't feel that they were they were really threatening us in the way that they had done in, in the past couple of seasons mm. on the counters. And you mentioned like Benteke, you know, you go back a few years, Benteke when he was at uh, Aston Villa, and we had uh, Martin Skirtle. You know, he had Martin Skirtle on toast. Mm-hmm. He, he absolutely did, and and today he got nothing at all, absolutely nothing out of our centre backs. So that physicality was was nullified completely. So then you're talking about dropping into them areas and them direct balls into that space. Genie just sniffed out any of that space, and so it, it was it, it was a good performance. I, I wouldn't say by any means a classic, but again, it just another example of of what an underrated and uh, an all-round midfielder that we that we do have in Vinaldam and I wonder if maybe this is the year that he'll really start to get that appreciation from uh, from casual ob- observers of of just just how good he actually is
0: Absolutely any thoughts on Henderson when he came on I can't remember what time he came on what what minute was it um, I can't even remember
1: I, I can't remember the minute it was it, it was quite late on
5: Mm. He so looked rusty. To fourth minute.
1: Yeah, he, he looked pretty rusty. Uh, and to be fair, he's not, he's not long been back in training, so I yeah. think that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my concern was bringing Lalana on into the midfield at that time. It uh, wasn't the player I wanted bringing on and, and really speaking, any time I've seen him from the back end of last season in pre-season, my... my oh, my heart starts to go because he looks a million miles from the player in the first half of that 16-17 season Mm. who who was playing so well in that midfield position. He looks a million miles from that player.
0: He does, and I think injuries have not been good to him. And I just think the squad and the team has evolved from what Adam Lallana is right now. Uh, Mike, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts on both of the players in in the sixth role. I thought Andy's absolutely spot on with with Ginny and I think uh, I think a lot of people when they think of a six, they want this big commanding presence.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I say agree with with all the points Andy made again. Um I think uh when had had a good game and he 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 works that middle well. Um what I like with one Aldum and hopefully we will get to see a lot more in this season have a much bigger impact in that midfield role than it did last Season, for example, um, is is it's, just, it's nice to see him when he when he occasionally pops up with goals as well. Because I think last season, all over the past couple of seasons, he's popped up with quite important goals against big teams, and that's not what you generally tend to get from or well, Henderson or, or generally our, our midfield don't aren't the ones who tend to pop up with the goals. Um, so if he can sort of mix in you know, with his with his engine running around that. That you saw know, sort of the middle of the park, getting forward, attacking, and scoring the odd goal, whether it be a vital one or not. It's 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 a positive in that respect. And I, th- I think w- with Henderson, yeah, he did look rusty, and I feel like he's been pushed out of the squad a little bit now. And the reason why he can have great games, admittedly, but he also can be anonymous in some games. But I think it because he's Liverpool captain, he is. He's still clinging into that. Will he start? Won't he start? Will he come on? Sort of element. If he wasn't the captain, I think he'd be subbed a lot more, and he wouldn't be in that anywhere near the starting lineup. As harsh as it may sound, I just think there's there's more versatile players we've got now uh, that have come in, and that will all gel. Which. Which is a whole, another, another talking point in itself, the whole exciting options of who are our best three and midfield options and who complements which players, you know, next to each other and, and how, how do they, how, how, do they work together to get the best sort of attacking and defensive options for us? But we haven't really, we've not been able to explore that with Fabino not playing yet. Um, and then you've got Lallana coming in coming from bit parts. Could you have an impact? it could, could is it is it is 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 the team evolved, as you were saying, too too much past Lalana now. It's 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 quite up in the air, but it's also arguably the most exciting area of our team to mm-hmm. see how we can get the the that perfect three that complement each other so well and to get goals from it. Um yeah, I mean, Henderson, he was fine when he came on He did some nice passes Which is what you expect from Henderson And, and he's got a good physical presence And he's got a good engine on him um, But I think I would I think I prefer Genie in there he's, he's a bit more He's a bit more exciting player And he is more of an attacking presence I think when he's allowed That freedom, the confidence to, to do that
0: Absolutely And I think uh, Like Most of you guys, I I was pretty happy. And Questy, I'm going to come to you now. You've heard what the lads have said. I was not, you know, uh, put out when I saw the same uh, midfield. I thought the the prospect was completely different today. You were, I thought, round about the thirty minute mark, it got really scrappy in the midfield. Something that obviously, I think, I think the midfield kind of got a really easy pass against West Ham, and I felt like this time round they actually were genuinely tested. I, I felt like the game was scrappy. I felt like there was a lot of pressing from Crystal Palace, and which is why I thought it made Genie's performance all the more impressive, in in my opinion, for those Agreed. reasons.
5: Agreed. Um, if you hold up Claude Makélélé as the standard for what a DM should be, um, then you'd have to say that Genie, in terms of body type, and sort of skill set is more like Claude Macaulay than any of the ones we have, including Fabinho. And I mean I get that Fabinho is in terms of ceiling, is by far and away the best defensive midfielder we could put out there. But I I'm I'm really impressed with what Jeannie is doing. Um I wanted I, and also Hendo. Somebody mentioned that Van Dyke always knows where to be. When Hendo is at his best, that's how he uses that engine. That's why he scores so few tackles in a game. Because he gets there as the ball is arriving. Usually he gets a foot on it before the guy who's supposed to receive it. And so things look good because these guys are learning the tactical plan. I felt we were organized today. Um, Big shout out to the defense as a whole. Um, I think we've now seen what Klopp used those eight days to do. This performance by Crystal Palace is the best one of the losses they've had at home since that 3-3 draw, was it? Uh, This is the best Crystal Palace performance since then at home for them. And we absolutely nullified it. We made them look like they were a mid-table team which is how it should be. You know, so I was really happy about that. I want to probably close by mentioning um, Gomez. I know everybody has had their go and mention him. And he was mentioning some of his weaknesses. And if you guys remember last year, I was one of the ones who said, I wonder if Gomez is going to be an 85-minute defender, meaning brilliant for 85 minutes and make some mistakes. And he has some weaknesses or had them. The difference now is that he's putting a whole game together. That's the only difference. You remember last year, most of the balls that came in the air, he was great. He was the one who would head a ball down to his friend's feet rather than back to an opponent. Lovren is horrible at it. He's good in the air, but those headers are misdirected. It has been Gomez who can direct his headers. And... What I'm seeing from him now is that that lapse of concentration seems to be disappearing. So that's the difference. Uh, I'm really hoping that he keeps on. His pace makes a huge difference, even to Van Dijk, because he's faster than Van Dijk. And I think if Clark could buy one defender now, close his eyes, besides Van Dijk, of course, he would choose Varan from Real Madrid. Because we know Varan saves Ramos all the time. I mean, mm. Ramos is a mess on one side, Varane is a boss. And the reason is that Varane has so much pace. It can cover up loads of ineptitude. And I think if Gomez stays there and he's consistent, then we can find a situation where the little mistakes, the little errors can be covered up and brushed under the carpet. So yeah, that's what I have to say for today. Lovely, lovely game. This is the this is Premier League football, guys. So that's what I like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Cressy. Yeah, man, respect. <laughs> Love and listen, it. today, today I had um a patient from Liverpool in my office. Now I'm doing some work in the British Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. and this lady, she knows I'm a Liverpool fan. She got the times delivered to her and brought it to my office and gave it to me, and. She was like, so are you going to be able to watch the game? I showed her my schedule where I blocked off from 2 p.m. The game starts 3 o'clock here. And I was absolutely set. It's been a brilliant day. I couldn't have been happier. Yeah, and I got great. to see Saka play, who, as you guys know, I have a soft spot for that. Mm-hmm. He's, he, I, he, I, he entertained me as well and gave us a penalty. Of
0: okay. course. I'll <laughs> always be part of Liverpool country, which we'll get to that later. But Quessy, thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Thanks for having me and always. listening to my rambling. <laughs> Have a good one.
0: You take care, Quessy.
5: Bye bye now.
0: Bye. So that was Quessy Davis, our final caller. Really appreciate that. Now it's just myself, Andy and Mike, and we're gonna discuss just a few loose ends that haven't been discussed, like the goals and key decisions. So, Mike, I'm going to come to you first. I thought, you know, the game, it, in the first half, I was getting quite frustrated, thinking we deserve a goal, we definitely deserve a goal. And penalties awarded to Liverpool, loads of uh, Sako um foul La. I want to get your thoughts. There was a lot of people saying, oh, it's not a foul. It wasn't a foul. He died, he tripped over his foot. Want to get your thoughts on that? Because I thought, Michael Oliver, you no longer have a dustbin for a heart. I thought you actually did good there. All <laughs> is forgiven on that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was the right decision. Um, it's interesting actually seeing people on Twitter basically calling Salah a diver. I saw a tweet from Alan Sugar basically oh, yeah, taking him in Salah, saying he's, a, he's an Olympics diver. Um, I mean, it, to see it in real time, it looked like a penalty to me. Obviously, as a Liverpool support, you're going to think it's a penalty. As a Palace or someone who doesn't like Liverpool, you're going to just scream it was a dive. But, um, it was, it was the right decision. And when you see the replay of it, Sacco did just, he just got his legs, his legs knocked in and he tangled himself up in Salah. And I think it was the way that Salah went down. It was just kind of, Kind of staggered. It was like stages of him going down, on it. and just I think to some people, when it doesn't look like an authentic dive. Um, people can quite quite quickly scream that it was it was a, you know, it's not an authentic dive, and he's, he's within his right to go down. And I think the contact he had did force him to stumble down. Um, I'm just watching it right now, and I mean, Sacco's legs were just everywhere, and it's. He stumbles down that people will criticise, but anyone watching the replay will see that there was contact. So to me, it's it's a, it's not really even, even a point for debate whether it was or it wasn't, you know, say a good decision by the referee. And yeah, thankfully we uh, we scored.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Andy, I'm going to come to you. Uh want to get your thoughts on it. Ironborn himself, our Lord, our saviour, our commander, James Milner. Um it looks like he's gonna be um the the guy to take the penalties. Uh wanna get your thoughts on on the decision on the penalty. Uh I know you you're gonna call it straight down the line. For me it was it was a penalty. And I love Sacco, but it was a it was a penalty. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it, it was a it was a clear trip. Um <laughs> It's been described as controversial. I, I honestly don't see what's controversial about it. He actually fouled him twice. There was a foul. There was a, a minor foul, and then he tripped him. You know, he may not have meant to do it, but he tripped him. You know, however he goes down, whether he went down in installments, as I was saying, or whatever, it, it's it's irrelevant. He was fouled. He was tripped. It's it, you know, a foul in the box is a penalty kick. It's uh, the only surprise for me is that it, it was actually given. Um with the way that the game was going for us with Michael Oliver, um, some of them decisions he was making against us were absolutely the Trent ludicrous. Booking
0: was mental. I'm
1: yeah. sorry. Yeah, I, I see my son was going mad saying, How is that a foul? and I said, Well, I actually thought it was a foul, but never in this world is it a booking.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and here's Trent now, two games in and he's got two bookings and I thought neither of them were ever bookings, but you Know there you go, it's uh, there were some mad ones that Marnie kicked the ball and got uh, got a foul given against him for kicking the ball. Mm. Um, there was all sorts going on. I, I mean, that whole thing with Zaha, where the ball was sort of about three yards out of him away from him, so Milner came and and smashed the ball well, went to smash the ball and didn't get a clean cut on it. And and they were saying, you know, it was going on and on and on and on as though they should have had a free kick for it. And then there was a whole thing, you know, the, the controversial. they're saying it was controversial that, uh, uh, that, that was, uh, it was, it was that Van Arnholt was booked for that scissor tackle on Milner. I mean, it was just some of the, some of the stuff was just, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was kind of funny The the whole narrative to, to some of the decisions that were being given was hilarious. Um, but yeah, for me, a clear cut penalty I don't see what the controversy is, and whether it's Milner, Mane, Salah taking the penalties or Henderson, Fabinho, Trent. I, I couldn't care less. As Just long as they go in, yeah. As long as we score, I couldn't care less. Allison could <laughs> step up and take them for all. Uh, well, I'll probably have a a Connery on the way for him to do it. You might. I probably won't be able to take it, but as long as they score, I don't think it it shouldn't matter who takes them really.
0: No, it shouldn't. And I think it's important to have loads of penalty takers because if rotation is going to be a big thing this this campaign, then everyone needs to be, you know, sort of um, brushed up on, on that skill set. And there was another, um, uh, I don't know, I want to get your thoughts on Mo because as we've said here, he won a penalty. And then, of course, um, he got fouled and uh, there was a red card for Crystal Palace. And and of course he kind of gets an assist for um, Sadio Mane. So I want to get your thoughts on uh, on Marcela, Mike. I'll come to you first because you know it was a pretty quiet game for him, quite a, frustri- quite a frustrating game, but still he was involved in all the key moments of the game.
2: That's true. I mean, he did officially get the assist for money as well, um, mm-hmm. according to fantasy football anyway. Which is yeah. you know whether he didn't score or get an assist or not, it's. it's it's neither here nor there for Salah because he brings so much to the team anyway and he's such a threat and teams will be nervous playing against him, you say, know, if he scores or not. But I think he could have, I mean, on a, on a, on a, on a, on a much better day, he could have got a couple of goals at the very least. He could have got two or three. it uh, um, was uncharacteristically, uh, unlike him that he, um, he, he didn't manage to lob that got, basically that ball through from uh, Keita. Yeah. Mm. he wasn't able to lob the goalkeeper from there which you'd usually expect him to just dink that over or just He did really all the hard stuff, he? lob he yeah. over him Yeah I know he took it down nice and it was just that mm. final ball and there's a couple of occasions where he just didn't quite connect well or just you know there was a time where he got through and he he didn't manage you would have thought he would have put you know some chances away um, but he just didn't play for from tonight but I don't think that's really anything to worry about or be concerned it's just she, because you're so you 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 expect of him to basically be a match winner, and when he isn't, it's nice that other players can come in and you know take over. Like you know, Mane um, can get goals, which is it's nice to see that he's got he's got a three and two. Uh, but yeah, I just think it didn't quite fall for him as it as it usually does, or he wasn't quite on the top of his game. But you know, you. Travel down your way to Palace. It's you know it just happens, doesn't it?
0: It does. Like I said, I don't think he's had a bad performance. I think what we're kind of used to the standard of last season, and I think we just need to take each game as it comes. And Andy, I'm going to come to you. I mean that goal. I mean that just completely took the pressure off on of me because it you know it came off their corner, and you know it's great to have attacking players that have so much pace because them two were just rapid on the counter. And that ball from Salah to Mane was just uh, brilliant. And the composure from Mane to score, that was just, wow.
1: Yeah, that that was uh, was lovely. Like you said, you know, look, Salah wasn't, it wasn't his game tonight. He wasn't on it at all. He was off it, his touch, everything wasn't quite there. But, as you said, you know, key points in the game, he's involved in them. Mm -hmm. And even when he's not having a good game, he's still showing up. He's not invisible, He's still there, and he's there to be seen. And you know that for me, that's a real positive to take. That a guy having, by his standards, a poor game, is still heavily involved and yeah. still making things happen, and still wanting to be a part of it. And and yeah, I, I was for me was quite interesting is the way that they they. They being Mani and Salah held outside the box, held nice and wide, ready for a counter. Any bits and pieces that fell outside the box, they were going to take them up. And that was it. Bang. As soon as that ball came outside the box, we're looking one way. And that was it then. And because they were, so, they were so deep to receive the ball, that was it, that, that brought the Palace defenders with them, we sucked them out and that's exactly what we wanted, all of that space to run into and it's something that we rarely got during the game because Palace sat so deep, so, you know, uh, Palace corners were, were one of, the, probably one of the most dangerous situations that, that we could engineer in, in some fashion because they were coming in the box and we were dealing with them fairly well and You know, Alisson was coming out and claiming so much and the distribution from him tonight was absolutely superb. Mm. So, yeah, counter-attacks from their their attacks. Uh, And those two, absolutely rapid. And and Mane, yeah, you know, he he had a bit of an in-and-out game early on. He was looking pretty good. Then he kind of went out for it for a while. But, yeah, I just... Just something about him this season. I've got a funny feeling that Mani's gonna outscore Salah across um, the season. I'm with
0: you. I'm with you on that one. I mean, speaking of them um, forwards, I I think it's only fair that we speak about the last one. I thought I thought for me, Firmino had probably he's probably the worst performer from the front three.
1: Yeah, it was really, really quiet. That's hmm. I was I, I was kind of hoping he was going to get taken off and and just bring Shakiri on. Yeah, I thought it was a game that was crying out for someone who wanted to just receive the ball and run directly at a defence. Because when Mane did it earlier in the game, you could tell that the Palace defenders did not like someone running at them. And I thought a tiring Palace side who were desperately trying to get back in the game, get Shakiri on, maybe shift Salah into the middle, get him out wide, get him the ball. Let him run at them. Twenty minutes to go. Fifteen, twenty minutes. I thought it would have been an ideal scenario for him to come on and make a real impact because it was. I, I, I would think for me, him
0: on that free kick as well. You know, the one that they got outside the box.
1: I was
0: yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing as well. You know, we've we've got. Yeah, Shakiri can do that. You've got Salah's left foot, you've also got Trent who can hit a free kick. You could have had Naby just come up and absolutely smash it as he can. But it was it, for me it was yeah, Palace the type of opponent, the type of game it was, it wasn't really necessarily suited to Firmino and he still doesn't look quite, you know, full fully fit and, you know, properly sharp since his return and obviously he was quite late back as well wasn't he so yeah. I think we're probably a few weeks away from seeing um you know a full Bobby Firmino
0: absolutely and um, Mike I want to get your thoughts on Roberto Firmino because uh, I'd say about two seasons ago if Roberto Firmino was having a pretty bad game it was kind of pretty much game over because he he was kind of the most important player in the attack and today he, he didn't have an awfully great game, but it's so great to have great great attackers as options.
2: Well yeah, it's nice that it can be quiet and he was relatively anonymous for a lot mm-hmm. of the game
3: mm-hmm.
2: and still not you know, still be able to score goals, win penalties and, and ultimately win the game. Um, I think the last few games he has been quiet. And whether that whether that is World Cup fatigue as people are putting it down to, I mean, he didn't play a lot in the World Cup. If you remember, he was often on the bench, wasn't he? And he came on as a sort of sub. Um, but it's not something that I would particularly worry about, as I say, because we've got so many other attacking options and other goal scorers. Without, if he, if he if he was if he was our main source, it, there would be a lot more criticism. But I think he just needs a few games to get back into into the swing of things and. He's always been a player who, despite scoring a good amount of goals and getting a good good few assists last season, he, he he's that he's that he's that striker that goes under the radar all the time. Anyway, um, he did get an assist last week as well for Mane, so he's not completely out of the the loop of, of what's going on in the attacking stages. I think he's, he's one of those players, those strikers who isn't an Aguero or a Kane. He is the more sort of under. The I'm going to do. I'm going to drop back. I'm going to work. I'm going to set up goals. I'm going to, you know, build the attack from further down rather than just be there to sort of blast them in or tap them in. Um, so I think you know I, I, I'm still confident he'll get. Yeah. You know, twelve. He get. will easily. He'll easily get twelve, fifteen 15 goals a season. Um, to complement Mane and Salah, however many they end up getting. Um. Yeah, I w- I'm not. I'm not really worried. And when people start, when people are questioning, you know, it, 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 should he be playing in that central role? or storage be playing there? It's, it's still a bit of a no-brainer for me that Firmino is the best player to work with those two either side. And mm-hmm. you know? um, despite him, you know, not scoring the first two games, it's, it's going to happen. It, it will.
0: Absolutely. And let's not forget, this time last season, everyone was getting really frustrated with that attack. Well, maybe not this time last season, but later on, because they were quite wasteful. And as soon as it clicked into gears, um, I think they kind of silenced a lot of people and a lot of the critics. Mm-hmm. I think it's only fair now that we discuss the, our new number eight. And Andy, I'm going to come to you first. Navigator. I thought in the first half, he was just pretty much everywhere. I literally could not pin down... You know, if you were watching him for the first time, you probably could pin down what his role was, what he's meant to be doing. He was attacking, he was defending, he was pretty much dribbling middle of the park. He was just—he's just a handful, and I, I would call him a pocket rocket because he's small. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it it was—it uh, it was almost like uh, like kids' football in a way. That that first half, you know, he was just—you know—the Roy of the Rovers stuff, that old cliche with he just, he, like you say, he was everywhere uh, and he does everything I mean, as it was mentioned earlier in the show, you know, that little drag back moment, uh, just shows as though he's going to lay it back drag back and away he goes so confident, so comfortable so assured in possession Um, is he's, he's absolute dynamite, I mean we've seen, seen him playing for Leipzig and you've seen just how exciting he can be um, this guy has got ridiculous amounts of potential, and I did think he had a bit of a in and out game. You know, he, he was mostly good in the first half. A few sloppy passes here and there. One of them was pretty dangerous. It was kind of yes, blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, look for me. That is just he's expecting someone to make the run into that space, so he's passing it blind almost. Um, but it's it's a little bit sloppy. It was kind of indicative of how we played. I, I mean, I thought. If anything, it probably would have been uh, Andy Robertson that would have been moving into that space to receive that pass. And I do think Robertson was a bit off his game tonight. Uh, I mean, that ball that he crossed over to uh, to Salah that was kind of late on, eventually Salah actually gets it and he receives it in the box. And I think Robertson should have been playing that ball across sooner. And then Salah's re- taking his touch outside the box. And then he's got his one-on-one. But... I, I think that's kind of just just really indicative of how we play tonight. We weren't quite on our usual game, and uh, just as Robertson wasn't quite his usual self, I don't think Nabi Keita was quite his usual self. And what we'll be accustomed to seeing, you know, that you know incredible performance in his debut against West Ham. I think we'll see a hell of a lot more of those type of performances than we will, what we saw tonight. And, and I think towards the end as well, before he came off, it's starting to look a little tired. So mm-hmm. just like, you know, just like Fabinho, just like Robertson, when he first signed and like anybody else, there will be an initial period of adjustment fitting into Klopp's system because he is, it. you know, this whole pressing thing. It, Klopp is very, very precise in the, pre, in the pressing. You know, it, it's, it's been long since documented. He and his team at Dortmund, all the way through to now, are very, very precise in the way that they press, and it, you know, demands a lot of the players. And it, it does take a little bit of adjustment, but by God, we we've seen some a few little glimpses of it tonight. We saw a hell a hell of a lot more glimpses against West Ham. But you know that this guy, for me, is he was. He was born to wear the Liverpool shirt And, and I said last week You know he, he he wore that shirt like it was a leather armchair It just, the the guy is Sensational
0: Absolutely, I think We've finally got ourselves um, A box-to-box midfielder there Right, Um, I think We are pretty much done I think we've discussed all the players I think it's only fair that I go around and get your man of the match So Mike intrigued who's your man of the match
2: well well i thought allison was very solid made some great saves in his distribution which i'm just looking at now he basically his distribution was was pre-spot on of he basically did 21 out of 23 successful passes which is obviously a huge improvement from what you would get from mignolay or Carius. Uh, um, I probably would actually have to go for Van Dijk because every aerial challenge he went up for, he won it. He was just in charge and just bossed it at the back. And while well, there was that nervy, will they, won't they concede a goal, in the end, you can look back and you can say, we he was instrumental in that defence. He's he's working brilliantly with Gomez. And from what I recall, he didn't seem to put a foot wrong on the side for Van Dijk.
0: That is an excellent shout. And a non football related shout out to Virgil van Dyck for having the best eyebrows in football. I am jealous they are symmetrical. I don't know how you do it. Please, I need your secrets. <laughs> I'm gonna to come to Andy now. Andy, you're man of the match.
1: Symmetrical eyebrows, really.
0: Listen, it's hard. Okay. <laughs> you know eyebrows are meant to be sisters, not twins. Mine don't even look related half the time.
1: Oh Christ.
0: Yeah. yeah. The struggle is real people.
1: Oh dearie me, I'm estranged from mine but never mind (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honourable shout to Joe Gomez as we've discussed earlier, really good performance from him Uh, Obviously a mention to Alisson as well so calm and assured behind that defence I think he he really helps as well but I've got to be boring and and also go for Van Dijk because he was the boss Uh, he he ran that defence, and and um, yeah, absolutely, he was instrumental in us keeping a clean sheet and uh, and winning a game that we weren't really at our best. That you could say maybe even into last season, but certainly in years before that, that we would have drawn or even potentially lost that game. Um, so yeah, absolutely Van Dyke, and a special mention to uh, to Roy Hodgson for having a bit of a meltdown as well. I particularly enjoyed that.
0: <laughs> of course, you did. Evil, absolutely evil. I think Virgil Van Dyke is a great shout. Um, he's. He's a great shout. He's one of my shouts as well. In the first half, I would have, I was looking at Naby Keita thinking, "Oh God, I'm going to be that boring person who just keep saying Naby Keita every week, like I did for Mino for like the previous seasons." But for me, I'm going to give it to Alison uh, purely because I think it's so comforting knowing that we have an assured, calm goalkeeper, and I think he really helps to set up and the system and. You know the fact that he he was for a second the most expensive goalkeeper, and you know he's had two clean sheets. I think that's important, yeah, granted that you know they've been easy ish games, but it's just great to have that kind of commanding presence and like his ball distribution and how calm he is with his feet and everything i I think we've got a real solid there, but Van Dijk is also a great shout, so guys, if you're listening, let us know who was your man of the match. Give your reasons why tweet us. A massive thank you to all the callers for the excellent discussion points. A huge thank you to Andy and Mike. I think they both did a phenomenal job covering that. It is late on a Monday. I should let them go. But before I let them go, some plugs. Mike, I'll come to you. Where can the listeners find you? Where can they see more of your work?
2: It's all over. But if you want to potentially see what I'm, what I'm uh, thinking, then uh, Twitter's probably the best place, which is a... Boring hash, boring handle of Mike underscore P underscore Williams.
0: Give him a follow; he's good people, and he has <laughs> he has solid, solid opinions on Liverpool Football Club and other things. And I will come to Andy. Andy, uh, what pods are you working on?
1: Oh, so so many. <laughs> first things first, though, Nina. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure and an honour to be on your show.
0: Love having you on. It was a great show, guys. You made it. <laughs> I just hoped I get the easy job.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, as for pods, obviously I'll mention the Reds review. Uh, the, but if you're in your pro wrestling, there's the PW Index. And I've been on the, uh, the Champions League preview pods as well. So um, I'm here, there and everywhere. Um, I try and do whatever I can for uh, Anfield Index
0: do check out res review and the wrestling podcast as well i don't really follow wrestling but andy knows his shit so yeah do go and check that out for my part uh just keep it on anfield index uh please download our app also ai pro is a huge thing it's a massive thing there's so much great content do check it out we've got an amazing offer right now $4.99 a month or £10 off your annual subscription, so that's thirty nine ninety nine a month, a 7 day free trial as well, if you're not happy you can cancel at any point we've got the likes of Jan Mulby, the big interview with um, Trev Downey and Ronnie Whelan, uh, we've got Under Pressure, they're doing the post-match roll over there as well there's just so much fabulous content media matters as well i'll be back with that one with gags i believe this week and also as the season progresses and europe kicks off again european football i will be back with euro incision so do check out anfield index pro it's absolutely incredible but like i said guys thank you so much for listening massive thank you to my guests and callers till next time up the red. Podcast Network.